Welcome to the Hook and Hunt Experience with hunting and fishing expert and host of Hook and Hunt TV, Jim Crowley, and radio host and outdoorsman, Drew Kirby. On today's show, we'll cover fishing, hunting, outdoor adventures, wild game recipes, and so much more. Brought to you by Ned's Pretty Good Garage Bait and Tackle, home of the $8.99 oil change. If you have questions, comments, or want to offer up some suggestions, reach out on Facebook at Hook and Hunt Experience. And now, here's Jim Crowley and your host, Drew Kirby. Just like Aerosmith says, Jim, we're back in the saddle again. <laughs> okay, I'm glad that was the song that you referenced because I was thinking about something else. <laughs> <laughs> Dude looks like a lady. <laughs> yeah, and then there's a couple other ones. I'm a big Aerosmith fan, so a whole bunch, whole bunch came to mind. There are some probably not good for radio. Yeah, yeah, right. I got you. I got you. That's okay though. But luckily, we're on our own little podcast here, which you can find the podcast on Apple, on Google, and on SoundCloud. Plus, we'll soon be up on Pride Outdoor Network. That's right. So there, there's a whole bunch of ways that you can take us with you. Because Man, isn't that a scary thought? Yeah. They, they can take us anywhere they want. So some interesting stuff has been happening that we uh, I want to discuss with you. First okay. off, Bruno the Black Bear. Do you know Br- about Bruno? No, I don't. I know a couple big Italian guys from the old neighborhood, but no bear. <laughs> Bruno is a black bear from Wisconsin that is making his way through the state of Illinois, and they've been tracking it. IDNR has been tracking this bear since it crossed into Illinois on June 10th. And it, it's it's really interesting because it really is like a Forrest Gump-type story where <laughs> he came across into to Illinois, he crossed back over into Iowa, and then back into Illinois, and he has made it from Wisconsin to Pike County, Illinois, and they're not really sure where this bear is going because there aren't any black bears really in Illinois. So they feel that this bear is just out looking for a mate. Uh, my, well, I got news for the bear. Everybody's leaving the state of Illinois because of the taxes. So I might just keep moving. <laughs> well, and that's what I kind of thought is uh, the bear's making his way to maybe Missouri, where there there are some yeah. black bears, or even right. Arkansas. But still, that's a heck of a trip. That's a that's a long way to go for a woman, man. It sure is. But I, I hope uh, Bruno uh, makes it. And IDNR and the Illinois State Police are making sure that the public who all want to see this bear. I mean, literally, it's you know like open season, which is one of those cartoons, but the real ones. This bear, they're saying, listen, this is a wild bear that's cruising through Illinois, and we don't want you to get close to it. We don't want you to mess with it. it get pictures from uh, 300 yards away. I mean, that's that's asking a lot from people that... Uh, yeah, bears are... I've been up close personal with bears on hunting things and, and other... This is not something just for you folks out there. Pictures are not cute. Do not do anything. I am telling you. Stay away from, just stay away from them. They're, they are a wild animal and it's fun to watch them on a cam or something like that, but don't get stupid. Bruno um, will eat your face. Lot, yeah, Bruno will eat your face. Um, <laughs> they're a lot quicker than uh, than they look. That is for sure. So just be careful out there. And to Bruno, Bruno, keep going. Missouri and Kentucky and Tennessee are wonderful. Jim, I also want to talk to you a little bit. Last week, we talked uh, a, a little bit about this. If youngsters are getting into the fishing game, 
what yep. is the that we talked about the the equipment that if you're you've been out of the game for a while and you want to get back in or maybe you're just starting out to go and get your rod a reel and uh, get yourself some bait and practice on that bait. But let's say you have a six or seven year old that really is into fishing. Uh, what's the equipment that you should get for that six or seven year old? I would just start real simple with uh, a really sit about six, six and a half foot spinning rod, medium light or light action, and just let them go out there and cast. Kids love to cast and reel in. That's what they love to do. When they're that young, they love to cast and reel in. Take them out to a small farm pond, uh, put a little bobber, a small hook, and a piece of night crawler out there. Let them cast around for a little bit or take them in the backyard and put a practice plug on. It's just a hard piece of rubber that you can get at basically any store. Just let them cast and let them learn to cast and let them have fun. It doesn't all have to be about catching a fish. Have fun teaching them what the equipment does. And parents, if you don't know what to do with the equipment, it's really simple. Find somebody close to you that does. And have them help you. I have a story kind of at the end of the show today. I had an experience just this past week that involved five quick kids that actually changed my outlook on the future things. And it's all extremely positive. Let's talk about the rod for a minute. You said a six, six and a half foot uh, rod. What's the best way to go about the kids? They, they have the little kitty kitty um, rod and reels that come with the right. package. Right. And then those are, are the ones, by the time they get to six or seven years old, stay away from that. They don't need anything that small. You can go to a Shields or go to, you know, the, any of the, the big chain stores and find a combo. They usually come in combos, rod and reel combos. You can get a spinning reel, spinning rod combo for 60, 70 bucks and teach them to take care of it. And that may sound expensive to folks. It's not nowadays. Just thinking about all the equipment that's out there, 60 or 70 bucks is, is not that expensive, but get them one of those, show them how to take care of it. And, you know, that's going to be what they're going to use to go fishing. So they need to learn respect for that equipment, just like any other equipment. Take them that and learn on that. One of the biggest mistakes I think people made is, well, we can only afford this. So we'll buy this now and then we'll get that later. Wrong. Save up until you can afford what you want to get the right thing and only buy at one time. Or then you're going to have a rod and reel and then one you're not going to use, you're not going to like. Save up, figure out what you want, and then get the one that you want. I even tell all the high school and college kids that. Don't sacrifice something. Wait an extra three months. Go cut some more grass or whatever. Do whatever you got to do and get exactly what you want. And that is important also is, uh, you know, people always say, oh, it's not the quality. It's not the price you pay for a rod or reel, but it really does matter because if you spend $10 on a rod and reel combo, you're going to be buying a bunch of $10 rod and reel combos over the time. Might as well spend the money to get a good one. Right. Cause a $10 rod and reel combo is going to last you about as long as you get out the door to the parking lot. So make sure that you, that you get something good. Again, there should never, ever be any questions by anybody. Well, what's good. You can Google anything. So if you got a question, find it, go on YouTube, look at our videos, look at and find things out and learn that way. We have a great guest today, uh, one that you've actually talked about using the product not long ago because you got beat up on the uh, the <laughs> lake and you automatically went and bought this uh, product. We're going to talk to a husband and a wife from Lunacy and they invented the cushion. Oh, God. I'm going to tell you what, when you're done hearing this story, folks, my ribs were black and blue. I wish I would have had them with me before. Um, I am the perfect before and after story, and you'll you'll hear about that. But what a great product and great folks. We'll talk to them next. This week's Hook and Hunt Experience guest star is brought to you by Hook and Hunt TV, where our slogan is God made me a fisherman and a hunter. 
I'm proud of both and apologize to no one. Watch the latest episode at hookandhunttv.com. Jim Crowley, I love it when we find something that uh, you really enjoy. As a matter of fact, you enjoy this so much now because you got your butt whooped on the water <laughs> not long ago and you needed something to, to help you out. Yes, yes, that is, that is true. I said if I had before and after pictures, uh, thank God nobody can see it because the before was ugly. The after, not so much. But uh, if you've been beaten up by a fish with a rod butt of your rod, either fresh or salt water, and trust me, it's happened to me on both, you're going to want one of these products from Lunacy. And with us today from Lunacy are Mick and Sheila Saunders. Guys, welcome to the show. Thank you. Glad to be here. Thank you. Hey, I so before we tell you, Tell everybody how great your product is. I've got to tell you what happened to me about four or five years ago. And Mick, I've actually met you at ICAST um, a couple years ago. And right. yeah, and talked to you a while back. Um, but I I got one of these because we were we were um, snapper fishing and got my butt whooped. I mean, that rod tip jamming in my ribs. And the next trip we went down there, I said, I'm going to get one of these cushions from Lunacy. I got one and I should have got four of them because I could have sold each one for about 50 bucks a piece on the boat because everybody wanted mine. <laughs> and then they were fantastic. And so come along about a month ago, we start doing a show and I just never really thought I needed them for fresh water and bass fishing. Well, we get into a show where we catch about 100 bass that day between two and four pounds frog fishing. Well, the rod butt gets jammed in my ribs again. And my wife thought I'd got in a bar fight. <laughs> because my ribs were so bruised up so after after that happened i bought one of the new elite pro uh cushion oh. yeah. and i've got three of them now and i absolutely love them they're on my jig and worm rods and on my frog rods so with, with that story being said guys tell us about the cushion and tell us about lunacy well the cushion uh originally you know to cushion the rag and, uh, and in fact, um, we made the first one was the big game cushion, really big, the all species and then the, the inshore and, and, you know, now we got the, uh, EP2. <laughs> yeah, and guys, I, I think these are just, they're absolutely fantastic products. So to give you a little bit more of an idea what they do, they just easily slide on onto the butt of your rod and they are a cushion. But they're really cool looking. They they fit the rods really, really well. And it cushions your sides or your stomach from the blow of that rod butt. I just absolutely, I love these things. And it's glad that you guys came out with that smaller series because I bet you're getting a great response from it, aren't you? Yeah. 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 yeah our best seller is the all species. But <clears throat> the EP2s, um, what you purchased, are really you know, getting noticed because for finesse fishing, the, the inshore and the big bass are, um, models seem to kind of get in the way a little bit. But for flipping and jigging and pulling through that heavy cover, it, it sounds like the EP2 is still doing its job. <laughs> What's the story behind this? I mean, were you out fishing one day and getting your butt beat and decided, man, I got to do something to, to stop this? Is that how it came about? I was fishing sharks big sharks and i had a, a, a rod in a rod holder i i had already caught one shark and this shark took off and i was getting the pole out of the holder and it wouldn't come out 
And when it finally came out, the rod had the inside of the rod holder came out with it. So it made it padded. And and we were filming, you know, just with a... A video camera. A just, video just camera, a yeah. Home yeah. One, yeah. And, and um, I said, oh, my gosh, I got a, rod, a padded rod buck. And it felt so good and everything. Four months later, I was watching the video, and it came on, and I thought, oh, my gosh, that's it. It goes on the rod. You know, it, it's not a belt. It, it goes on the rod. And that's when it started. It was an accident. A total accident. <laughs> oh, man. Why can't I have an accident like that? He spent years getting the drawings made and finding the right. It took a real long time to find the right material. It seemed like every hurdle we came to, it was hard to, to jump over. But once we got over it, we landed exactly where we need to. Like it was providential. You know, every time we thought, oh, my gosh, we can't. We're not going to be able to go any further. Then you find out, well, yeah, this is exactly where you're supposed to go. So it, it seemed to just work its way. You know, it's way out, and and we are very small. We started out in our basement, and um, so it's taken longer because we are very uh, totally self-funded to get to the point but, of profit. But now we're in a ten thousand square foot building, and uh, we're going. I said, I think I'm the best before and after uh, guy for you, just because I didn't have the product. I didn't. I went out and bought it afterwards. Because I never thought I would need something like that for fresh water. Salt water, I used to carry a bag with me when we go down to Venice, Louisiana. And I would actually carry, uh, the last several years we went, I carry two in the bag with me all the time. Um, the yellow ones, uh, they're just yellow. That way, we've had them actually blow out of the boat before. And we can easily see them on that uh -huh. blue water and see that yellow thing floating out there and go around and get it. Because, um, you know, they can lose stuff overboard, but don't lose my cushion, darn it. Because I'm not fighting those snappers again without one. It's just a fantastic product. So, guys, we really appreciate you being on. And let us know, tell our, tell our listeners, where can they find out more about you? Because, folks, I'm telling you, if you haven't had these or you can identify with any of these stories that we've been telling you, please, you got to go to Kusha. Just buy one, and I'm telling you, you will be impressed, and you'll probably end up buying more. So, guys, where can they get a hold of you at? They can find us at um, lunacsports.com. That's Luna as in moon and C as in ocean. So, L-U-N-A. S-E-A sports.com. They can also call us at our office at 269-685-5555. Before we let you go, Mick, are you still out there chasing the sharks? Oh, yeah. <laughs> now it's just a little more comfortable out there on the water. <laughs> you know, sharks, I mean, you name it, I, I, I catch them. That's fantastic. Well, Mick and Sheila, we sure do appreciate you coming on the Hooking On Experience. And Jim has talked nothing but great things since he got his butt whooped just a few weeks ago. And <laughs> we we appreciate you uh, having a great product that we can keep his little, you know, his fragile old bones safe. <laughs> You're more than welcome. Thanks for having us on. In the outdoor world, there's always something new, and here's a Hook and Hunt Experience product review. Presented by Crowley's Crawlers, the plastic worms that make sure you're hauling in the limit every time. Hey, this week I want to talk about, um, I've been using this product for about the last year, and any of you bass guys out there who like to fish a plastic worm, have you ever heard the Tokyo rig, or have you fished it? 
If you haven't, it's kind of hard to explain, but I'm going to do the best I can. It's a one-piece solid ring connected to a rolling swivel that allows the bait to move naturally. So you have your hook, you have that solid swivel, and then you have like a, a rod that sticks down from it. Well, that rod is there, so you can put a sinker on there and then just bend the pot, bottom part of the rod. Then what happens is when you pitch the bait in the water, the sinker will actually pull it down in a really strange action. It kind of whips it up in the air and whips it straight down. Compared to where a Texas rig, everything would just pull down together. Well, the idea with the Tokyo rig is you can actually keep the weight on the bottom and then shake that bait and it'll shake about two or three inches off the bottom. Well, if you make the weight real heavy, then you can pitch it in thick vegetation. The weight will hit the vegetation first and pull the bait down quickly through there without hanging up on a lot of stuff. This, it sounds strange, but the Tokyo rig is probably the best rig I've ever used around grass or vegetation. It really gives a really cool action to the lure. And on top of that, when you set the hook, the weight does not come through the fish's mouth first. It lags behind. So the hook makes first contact. The hooking percentage is incredible on this. And I've caught some really big fish on, on the Tokyo rig. So if you haven't checked it out yet, you can go to rappler.com, click on VMC and check out the Tokyo rig. It changed the way I fish plastic. And it might for you as well. HookingOnTV.com has been educating and entertaining the world of hunting and fishing for years. Let's find out about the latest from Hook and Hunt TV's Jim Crowley on the Hook and Hunt Experience. Jim, I've been watching you on uh, Pride Outdoor Network on Hook and Hunt TV, of course, HookingOnTV.com and the Hook and Hunt TV Facebook page. You've really been busy lately. You've had some great frog shows. And you've actually got some pretty interesting stuff coming up. Yeah, we do. Um, actually, uh, this last couple of weeks, I've been busy doing videos for different companies. So we've got a um, another show coming out that's going to feature swim jigs. And it, it's a really cool show. There's some great action. We really get into depth about how important and how useful swim jigs can be depending on the time of year and what you're doing with them. We go over techniques. We go over making your own swim jigs and things like that. It's a fun show. And, man, we caught <laughs> – we caught a ton of fish on on this episode, and it was a lot of fun. So um, July 7th, I think, is when that is. So it's July 7th, 6.30 p.m. Central Time, and that's going to be on the Pride Outdoor Network as well as on Hook and Hunt TV on Facebook. Which I also want to point out that if you go to prideoutdoornetwork.com, you can see all of the, the shows that Jim has up there. He has lots of shows. And there are other uh, hunting and fishing and informational shows up there, uh, which is really cool. And, and you got in with a pretty good network at a very low level, and now you guys are all climbing together. Yeah, there's like almost 40 shows on there now. When I when we started, I think I was the third show on there, <laughs> like the third or fourth show. And so now there's like 40, probably 40-plus 40 shows by now on there. So there's a wider range of, of, uh, of great shows on there that you can choose from. So go check it out, of course, HookandHuntTV.com or PrideOutdoorNetwork.com. Here at the Hook and Hunt Experience, we love to eat. Now let's get that mouth watering with It's Great on Your Plate with your host, Matt Cheever from Heartland Outdoors Magazine. Well, folks, this week I want to share a recipe that's near and dear to my heart. It was something stumbled upon on accident years ago, and this one pays homage to a late friend of mine, Mike Grave, who passed away this year. It was his absolute favorite recipe. Loved to cook it for his parents, his friends. He'd brag about it all the time. And when he told them what was in it, they never believed him. And this started off up in the Boundary Waters when I was with some good friends one year. And we, we were eating fish every day. You want to vary it up and try something a little different. So we started doing some wet batter fish. 
And one of the guys that had cooked an awful lot of fried fish in his life shared with me, he said, make a wet batter and put a little bit of Sprite or ginger ale in it. It really uh, puffs up that batter a little bit, almost like a hush puppy type batter. And he goes, it's just a nice change. Maybe not every day, but it's a nice change when you've had a lot of fried fish. So being up in the Boundary Waters, there's not a lot of places to get things. We happened to stop into a resort. All they had was Mountain Dew. We gave it a try. We put the Mountain Dew in the wet batter, and it was amazing. It puffed up. It gave it a little bit of a sweet taste. You would never known that's what was in it. Along those lines, I also like to use a little bit of uh, potato chips sometimes in my breading. I throw them in the food processor, crumple them up, and add that in into my uh, shore mix there. But my favorite to use is Doritos, Cool Ranch Doritos. Throw a half bag of those in the food processor, powder them up, throw those into your wet batter along with the Mountain Dew. I know it sounds like we're experimenting in kindergarten class, but I wouldn't tell you. It makes the nicest, sweetest wet batter on fish. Drop it in slowly so you don't burn yourself. Let them come up to their golden brown, and people will be amazed. It'll be like something you've never had. It's a great way to use those uh, crappie, walleye, even ice fish, small bass out of pond for the winter. Anything you've got, catfish fillets, soak, soak the catfish in onion water a little bit first. Helps clean those, those fillets up. But a bag of Cool Ranch Doritos run through the food processor, powdered up into your wet batter, along with – and a can of beer works well too – but the sweetness of the Mountain Dew in there, just try it one time. I guarantee this will be one of your favorite recipes. Here's the latest hook and hunt experience, hunting and fishing scouting report. Brought to you by the Tackle Box Bar and Grill, where the stories are as big as the fish baskets and beer. The Tackle Box Bar and Grill, downtown Fish Creek, Wisconsin. You know, sometimes you hear about people telling you what is going on with the fishing world from their office. And luckily, Jim's office is his boat with a rod and reel in his hand and out there actually with lure in the water. And uh, Jim, you've seen a lot of different variations of weather. You've seen lots of different views over the last few weeks. You've been traveling around a little bit, so you're getting a real dose of what's happening on the fishing trail. To say the very least, uh, and last week we were on the deepest lake in Wisconsin. We were on Clear Lake, which is 240 foot deep at its <sighs> deepest point. And it's extremely clear water. Uh, we tried to go in the middle of the week because we figured, hey, it's going to be, you know, less tournament guys, less less pleasure boaters. Well, it was definitely less tournament guys, but pleasure boaters uh-huh. by the time Friday came around. I'm glad I'm glad that we, we had everything done on, on Wednesday and part of Thursday. And uh, filmed a filmed a pretty decent show at largemouth and smallmouth. Had some northern pike in there, and and just had a great time. I'll tell you what. Now that more people are getting out, they really decided to exercise that right last week because there were jet skis of every make and model, every big pleasure boat, and I think party boats and everything else out there. Uh, it was still a real beautiful lake, and I can't wait to go back next year. But my goodness, about nine o'clock, it looked like somebody just flipped the switch and here they came. It was like a flotilla of, of everything <laughs> with an outboard engine on. Did that mess with the actual uh, fishing that you did? I mean, obviously a lot of traffic, uh, maybe a different uh, feeling on the lake. It's funny. You would think that it would, but I made a comment during the show that we were sitting out here in the middle of just boats going crazy, and we were catching smallmouth left and right. It was really fun. I I actually picked a bank that looked like a do-nothing bank but had some waves crashing up on it just because of all of – and we went down the stretch end for 20 minutes. I think we caught 10 or 11 bass just right in a row, and, and it was starting to form a little bit of a – not mud line. That's the wrong word. There's a lot of sand in the lake. So the water was getting a little bit cloudier, and we were fishing the edge of that sand line. 
And there were fish using that as an ambush area too. So we were catching fish there. I was pretty happy that we figured out at least how to catch a good number of fish in a lake that was that deep and that clear and had that much boat pressure on it. So it was a lot of fun. The fish really didn't seem to care. They were hungry. We're into July now. Are you seeing anything different with the trends or is it still pretty uh, pretty much action as normal? The the action the action is good. The action's been real good this year. Uh it just right now fish change locations. It's it's on real clear waters like that, usually they will go deeper or they we were catching them on break lines at least most of the fish are what I mean by breaks where it would go from maybe five foot to seven foot or seven foot to nine foot. We were catching them there where earlier in the year, you know, they might've been in two or three or four foot of water. But now that the water is heating up, the fish are getting off deeper on some of the reservoirs that I've been fishing. It's the same thing. These fish, if there's cover void up on the bank or the lake is down, these fish are going to move off. I had a kid from Kentucky message me last week and asked me about um, fishing points with his, the, the reservoir that he's on, the water is dropping. So I told him, you got to move back off those points. You've got to get back out to the shallow baits that he told me he was throwing are just not going to work. You may get one or two fish, but you're not going to get the consistency because you can throw the best lures out there. If the fish aren't there, you're not going to catch any. And you've got to move. You've got to move back out. And a lot of the reservoirs in the Midwest anyway, this time of year, and it's getting that way all over the country. It's hot right now. And so fish are moving deeper depending on water clarity. And the farther west you go, for example, toward Drew, there's a lot of clear water out there. Those fish are not going to be up on the bank on a consistent basis. They are going to move off. And so that's what a lot of us, no matter what we're fishing for, are doing now. We're just fishing deeper water. Because they still got to eat. You just got to figure out where they're eating at. The Hook and Hunt Experience wants you to live well from the live well. Here's your old buddy, Stinkbait Rivers. Hey, <laughs> your buddy, Stinky. Welcome to another edition of Live Well from the Live Well. Thoughts, tips, and observations from life from your old buddy Stinky. Uh, you know, my brother-in-law, Henry, he owns a place up there in, uh, in uh, yeah, anyway, over in Rochester, Minnesota, he owns a place. And one day, a couple of old fellas came by and they wanted to do some ice fishing. Only and Spen went out onto the ice and, uh, and Spen whipped out the auger and he started to drill a hole and he heard a voice from above and that voice said, there are no fish under there. Sven kind of looked around like, what, what was that? Did you, did you hear that? And Ollie says, oh yeah, I heard that. We better move down a little bit, eh? So they moved, you know, a couple hundred yards down the ice and pulled the auger back out and started to drill again. And just as they started drilling, they heard the voice again and it said, said there are no fish down there. So panicked, they, they moved everything up and started to drill that third hole. And once again, they heard, there are no fish down there. So Oli looked at Spen and Spen looked back at Oli and they, Oli looked up at the sky and says, God, is that you? And then you heard the squeal from the PA. No, it's ice rink managers, you idiots. <laughs> yeah, just goes to show you that uh, common sense doesn't hit everybody quite at the same angle. Until <laughs> next time, you can find me on Facebook at facebook.com slash stinkbaitrivers. We'll see you right here again next week, same time, same place, on the old Hook and Hunt Experience. You betcha! <laughs> we can't leave you high and dry. Here are some words of wisdom in the last cast with Jim Crowley on the Hook and Hunt Experience. Such a great thing happened to me last week. I got back from a trip and was contacted by this father, and he was telling me about his son. His son was really getting into fishing, but his father, because of a marriage situation, was just not around. And he had been watching the show 
said his son's got several fishing buddies and they're all getting into fishing. And they wanted to know if I would take the time and help the kids learn to throw a bait caster. There's five of them. And all these boys are between 13 and 14 years old. All these young men were not only extremely kind and nice to my wife when they walked up to the door, but every single one of them shook my hand, looked me in the eye. For the next hour, these kids stood out there with their attention. And my wife was standing on the back deck just watching. And she goes, they were hanging on every word. They were watching everything. By the time they left, they not only all knew how to throw a baitcaster, we decided to get back together again because they wanted to learn more and they wanted to practice more. So I gave them things just like homework. And these kids are coming back later this week to do some stuff. The point of this last cast is I saw a shining light. I saw something that made me feel really good. There are still kids that want to do things the right way. Every single one of them shook my hands at the end and said, thank you, Mr. Crowley, which I didn't expect. But I'll tell you what, I was very grateful. And it makes me look forward to wanting to teach them again, because hopefully I can give them something pass on to them, and maybe they'll be able to do something better with it than I ever did and pass it on to something else. That is something to be happy about. Thanks for stopping by the show. Head over to the Hook and Hunt Experience on Facebook and give us a like and find out more about this week's show. The Hook and Hunt Experience is brought to you by HookandHuntTV.com. Stop by and watch the latest episodes airing now. Moxie Dog Treats. Your dog will love you. And brought to you by Crawley's Crawlers. The plastic worms that make sure you're hauling in the limit every time. And the Tackle Box Bar and Grill, where the stories are as big as the fish baskets and beer. Join us next week for the next episode of the Hook and Hunt Experience.